You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. too much just not a much yeah man so just coming back to do this all over again another another episode another day another dollar mm-hmm. in the case of us you know another day but not really another dollar that's your guys's uh, part yeah <laughs> yeah hint uh, hint yeah i have been working on our patreon page but that's not something i'm trying to guilt trip you with um too late i've been helping you actually try to get yours yeah. off the ground yeah i appreciate the help yeah. man because i don't know if you if you guys know this but nick does all these really awesome wit videos on youtube and he's popular and he's got nearly twenty thousand subscribers and i was like you need to start getting some backing for this yeah so like yeah. let's let's get let's get you on patreon so yeah i'm excited um, about that yeah very and yeah me too me too honestly ahead, I'm, I, I'm just really excited to i i just really believe that it's gonna work yeah you know? and i think just to I be a part it, of something really successful is fun. Yeah, dude. Appreciate so, it. Yeah, guys. Well, welcome back to another edition of Every Last Drop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk to just cool people about music and art. Talk to cool art people about and cool stuff. Creativity and uh, their philosophies and their approaches to what they do and uh, things like that. Uh, and this this episode's no different. We got to talk to a really cool guy, uh, Devin Shelton. He is from a band called Emery, and he also has a solo album that he has released within the last couple of months, and it's really cool. It's really, uh, I'd say it's kind of in that R&B kind of feel. Like, it's very smooth, and uh, just because just Devin's vocals really are pretty smooth, he's just got that. He's got the golden pipes. Yeah. As they say. Is that what they say? I think so. I have Some never heard people that. say. I Maybe ne- like two or three people say that. Yeah, I've never heard that. Huh. I, that's the first time I've ever heard that, but okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Um, yes. So we got a chance to talk to him. And this is really cool, honestly. This is uh, just the way that this interview happened. Uh, it was totally just off my radar. Um, so Devin's music is with uh, Bad Christian Music, and I'm a big fan of Bad Christian, pretty much everything they do, and I listen to their podcast a lot. And one of their guys who works in their music department sent me an email and said that liked that he liked the podcast and uh, that he had a couple of artists that were available for interviews, and he offered Devin as a guy to interview and I was like, oh man, that's this is a really cool opportunity. I'd love to talk to Devin. And so finally, uh, fi- it finally happened. Yeah, we had uh, some <coughs> scheduling stuff. Always usually kind of takes a while, just because you're trying to coordinate people's 
time frames and things like that. And it's just hard to get everybody available and on the same page. Yeah. It's just kind of the, the way it works. And that's the, the nature of, of this thing. But, but it worked out. It happened. We had a really cool interview. We talked to him about uh, just the kinds of stuff that we've been talking to a lot of guys about in terms of taking it from the beginning and, mm-hmm. and where they started, where they grew up, and how that shaped them and their early inspirations, musical inspirations in this case. And then uh, yeah. we talked a little bit about his time in Emory and how they got to where they uh, where they were, I guess you could say. I mean, they're, they're still active, but I mean, th- there was a time when they were, uh, I guess, I don't know if they're at their height now or they were then. I honestly don't know. But <laughs> my point is like um, at that, there was a time when all of those guys were in that 100% and now uh, they're more diversified. Like Emery isn't the only thing that Devin does and it's definitely true of Matt and Toby. They do other stuff now case in point bad christian mm-hmm. so and then yeah and then we talked about the solo record and it was just it was just really cool Devin is a really awesome just down to earth relatable guy friendly guy and um it's really easy to talk to and I, I think you're gonna enjoy this one yeah nick absolutely he's a very passionate guy about what he does and uh hope you guys enjoy yep i think you guys are gonna enjoy this one uh, let us know what you think, you know, uh, leave us a comment or a, a review or a, an email or something. And I would really like to hear some feedback on this one. I think that'd be cool. Uh, and in case you're wondering where you can do that best, uh, we have a website, everylastdroppodcast.com. Uh, there's a contact tab there and also a phone number, you know, just feel free to reach out to us and let us know uh, if you like the interview and, and, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So. All right, guys, enjoy. Do you have a question, a quip, a grievance, a greeting, or anything else otherwise you want to share? You want a chance to have it featured on our show? Pick up your phone, dial our number, or send us an email. Our phone number is 916-382-2654. That's 916-382-2654. And our email is everylastdroppodcast at gmail.com. Speed.
Hi. Hey. What's, What's up, going guys? on, Devin? Hey, Devin. How's it going? Good. How's it going, guys? Very good. Pretty good. Can you hear us? I can. I can. The screen's a little fuzzy, but that could be on my end. I'm not sure. I don't know. It could be ours, too. I don't know. But the audio is all that really matters, right? So right. Pretty much. At the end of the day, that's all this is. For now. One day we'll do video, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's going cool. on? Not too much, man. Just I ha- actually am playing at my church this week, so I had practice until basically like eight forty-five. So I just came straight straight home after that. So, but yeah, other than that, just watching my kids this yeah. weekend. My wife's out of town, so got you know got serious dad duty this weekend. So. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> do they? Uh, do they still go yeah. to bed pretty early? They do. I mean. They're only five and two, so I yeah. mean it's. Uh, Figured a guy your age probably you know. wouldn't have very old kids yet. <laughs> right, right. Other other than just fighting bedtime, they do. They go to bed pretty early, you know. Yeah. All right. Cool. Remind cool. me of both. Remind me of both your guys' names again. Yeah, I'm Danny. I'm Nick. Danny Nick. Got uh, it. You got okay. It, you just got make it. sure I yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Oh, it's all cool. good. They say that you have to to. Um, Usually it takes you like repeating somebody's name like three or four times before you remember it. Cause I, I oh yeah, I usually forget it. I'm pretty bad with names <laughs> you know? myself. Yeah, it's like I'll they'll it, tell me usually, one. Yeah, three or four. Probably for me, it's more like thirteen or fourteen times. <laughs> I'm right there it's, with you, man. I'm no worries. Really bad at names, but I'm really good with faces, though. I'll tell you that. That's good. That's probably more important <laughs> in the long run. But yeah. Yeah, man. So I really appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your schedule to uh, to be here with us tonight. Yeah, yeah, and, for uh, sure. Yeah. So basically, the gist of our our little podcast is, uh, well, our little tagline is exploring the relationship between philosophy and art. And really, all that means is um, we're just we're talking to people who are creative types, who are artists, who just do all kinds of stuff, whether it's music, whether it's writing books or poetry or photography it doesn't really matter but the point is we want to talk to them not just about what they do in their medium but why they do it and just kind of you know just some you know just try to figure out the why behind you know their approach and 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 what it is that drives them to do what they do so that's uh in essence that's really all we're going for yeah that's cool man yeah makes sense yeah yeah so one of the things we always like to do is kind of take things from uh kind of from the beginning, uh, just to sort of set the stage for, uh, for where the person's coming from. So, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of just kind of maybe like a, just a broad overview of like childhood and where you grew up and what that was like as a kid. Yeah. So I grew up in South Carolina. Um, yeah, I was born in, in 1978. So I, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 40 now, but yeah, I grew up in like the eighties and so, uh, in the South in the eighties, I mean, it was, uh, it was a lot different than, than it is now. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, pretty rural South Carolina too, or, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're near, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, which mm-hmm. now is a, is a pretty big city. Um, yeah. it was, I mean, back then it was, it was, you know, it was, it was good, but it is definitely grown like leaps and bounds over the past, you know, 15, 20 years. So. Um, but yeah, we, we live in the mountains pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm probably 40 minutes from Greenville out towards, towards the mountains and all that. The Blue Ridge Mountains is what they call. 
Nice. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful out there. Um, but it's a different lifestyle, man. I mean, it's, it's Southern. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's rednecks every <laughs> corner. I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, my, you know, my family, I mean, for the most part, like my dad, he's just a tough grizzled Southern guy. I mean, that's just who he is. I mean, he was a pastor for many years, but, um, he's, he loves everything country and Southern. And so Very I grew cool. up in that, in that, um, you know, in that part of the country with that kind of, um, background and family, um, you know, very, very big family, very loving, um, very good, very religious. And, um, so we went, we went to church, you know, multiple times a week. And, uh, so I grew up with faith, the Christian faith as a foundation, Mm -hmm. uh, for me. And it wasn't until, probably, you know, my, my college years that I started kind of evaluating more of why I believe what I believe. And so, For um, sure. uh, and, and I went to college, I mean, still in the South, I went uh, a couple hours away called Winthrop university. Yeah. And, um, so I wasn't far off, but you know, in college you learn a lot more, you, you have a lot more experiences. You learn that there's people outside of your little circle. Um, exactly. Yeah who are not, are not all exactly like you. So, um, yeah, I, I started learning some different stuff, figuring things out, uh, thinking a lot more, um, got close to a couple of the guys that are in the band with me, uh, in yeah. Emory. And, um, at Winthrop is where you met, that, uh, you know, we, you met Matt, Toby and Joey at Winthrop, right? Was that where you, where all you guys met? I met Toby and Joey at Winthrop. Um, okay. Matt, I knew I knew Matt for years and years before that, but we were a grade apart in school, and so we knew each other, but we weren't friends until probably like late high school. Nice. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, and then we met Toby and Joey, <clears throat> but they were both well. Toby's from like five minutes from where we grew up. We just didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, college is where the Man, whole that's band small world um, came came from. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It was pretty crazy. So, um, cool. but yeah, that's where we just started thinking more about music and, and is that a possibility? And we, we got more into writing music and, uh, you know, kind of exploring different genres. Cause we grew up in a, a musical world that was very limited, uh, for us. It was like radio music or, you know, it was obviously country and, uh, oh, I grew yeah. up on yeah. gospel and things like that. Oh, for sure. So yeah. it was my, my view of music was pretty limited. Um, I got to where I really enjoyed like nineties rock and things like that as I got late into high school. But, um, when we got into college, that's where we, we, uh, a friend of our, actually Joey, he introduced us to like indie rock and emo and hardcore yeah. stuff that we had no idea even existed mm-hmm. until that yeah. point. Yeah. I remember, uh, cause I'm, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the bad Christian podcast. I've, I've listened to pretty much every episode yeah. that's ever been put out. And, uh, oh, cool. I, yeah, I remember Toby one time, Oh, he's probably said this a few times, but just like what you were describing, he was saying like for a long time, he didn't even like, he wasn't even aware that music outside the radio was even a thing that existed. And so just being exposed to something that was outside of what you would hear tuning into the radio was like just a big surprise. Yeah. Is like being open into a whole other world. Yeah. So was it, was it around this college time that, um, that you started getting into music more so, or, or did you play music as a kid too? Uh, I didn't really, pl- well, I sang, I mean, that was, that was what I did from the time I was just a kid. You know, I was like, 
you know, three, four, five years old in church, just going up and singing, you know, little church songs and stuff. And, yeah. um, my, my parents really wanted me to sing. I mean, they, you know, they, they would, I was singing at church all the time and they would put me in talent shows and things like that. And that was all fine. I didn't, I didn't care one way or the other. Um, but you know, the, the, the road they wanted me to probably take with Christian music and, and that style was a lot different than the road I took, obviously. Mm -hmm. But my, my parents were always very supportive of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I never, I never even thought about like writing music really. Uh, Mm. I mean, my mom and dad wrote some music for like, they wrote some, you know, some Southern gospel type songs Mm -hmm. growing up. So I always had that kind of in my life. Um, but I never really thought about, I wasn't like writing, writing lyrics or anything like that in uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't play any instrument. I, I could tinkle around on the piano and the, you know, the guitar a little bit, bass a little bit, yeah. just enough mm-hmm. to kind of get by. That was it. Like you I can was use your school, ear not, to, uh, to like I, right. pick out different things, but you couldn't, you weren't like fluent in it is what you mean. Exactly. Right? Okay, exactly. Yeah. I could play, you know, I could play chords on the piano at church or I could play bass a little bit. But um, when we got to college, that's where I kind of got, I met a, a guy named Andy Christinger. He was my first, uh, well, my second roommate, but he started learning guitar. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll kind of tag along and try and learn a little bit too. And that's when I really got into like, okay, I, so now I kind of figure out how to play. So I, I kind of want to write some stuff, mm. see how that mm-hmm. kind of turns out. And so as I was learning about music in college, um, as a music major too, I was at the same time, it, it was really interesting to me. And so at the same time I thought, well, this is starting to make sense to me. So now I want to kind of incorporate that in writing some songs. So yeah, that's kind of how that started. Nice. Very cool. I, I so what, yeah. Wh- why'd you decide to be a music major? Uh, just, just cause I sang, I mean, I sang in all through high school and multiple choruses and stuff like that. And I got a, you know, a, a decent little scholarship to mm-hmm. the school I went to for, for music. Cause it was more of like a arts kind of school. Mm. And, um, so yeah, I was like, well, I mean, I was an athlete too. I, I really enjoyed playing, playing, uh, basketball and, and baseball. Nice. Um, but I, I wasn't like enough of an athlete to like go to mm. school for it. So I was like, I'm not going to pursue that. So I'm just going to go for music and see kind of how, it pa- yeah, how right. it pans out. You know, I just yeah. kind of thought I'd be a music teacher or something, you know? Right. Right. So yeah, speaking of basketball, those uh those South Carolina Gamecocks got pretty far. Not that uh, man, I was that was pretty surprising. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. I mean, this <laughs> is the first year they've been good in decades. <laughs> right. I mean, like really. So I mean, they came yeah. out of no. I knew they were good this year, but I didn't. I mean, they had a lot of talent, so that was cool to watch. Yeah, this is totally. Oh, I I know this is kind of off topic, but I'll, just one more question on this. I know you guys are big Clemson fans, right? I'm not, but Matt oh, and Toby not. are. Okay. Matt, Toby, and Joey, yeah. Okay, I'm I, a Gamecock fan. I knew. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that surprises me because I just I don't know why mentally I just because those guys always talk about Clemson on the podcast and I just kind of lumped you in there yeah. too. Like, oh well, they're in the same band. Yeah, they no, must it's... like the same team, but yeah. <laughs> you would well, think so, but no. Yeah, I guess. Well, <laughs> never mind, because I was going to say, well, did, did I was wondering, like, uh, well, maybe for them, I wonder if they like they hate Gamecock basketball just as much as Gamecock football, or if maybe they just um, don't care. They hate the Gamecocks. Period. I mean, they they just hate them. <laughs> but we we were talking in um we were on the road a few weeks ago, and we were talking about this, and 
one, I think I can't remember if it was Toby or Matt that said, ah, you know, that'd be cool if they beat Duke. You know, they were like <laughs> kind of that, but they were like, yeah. then I don't I'm not sure if I can support them after that. Well, so everybody kind of, hates Duke. Right. <laughs> you know, including right. me. So, so yeah, but it's funny because like I grew up going to more Clemson games than South Carolina games. Cause all my friends were Clemson fans. And so I never hated Clemson. It wasn't like I, I despised them or anything. Yeah. But my family was Gamecock fans. And so, but, but getting like getting closer to Matt and Toby over the years over, since college, they hate the Gamecocks so much <laughs> and they talk so much trash about them that it makes me not be able to stand Clemson. So I'm yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I still support Clemson. I think it's cool that they won the championship and I, I think that's great for our, you know, st- the state of South Carolina. But um, they just drive me nuts talking crap about Gamecocks all the time. So I'm like, well, Clemson sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? It just, makes, it, just, it just makes it look yeah. like Clemson fans are, are a pain in the ass or something. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they would say the same thing about Gamecock fans. Exactly. It's, it's true on both sides. It's just funny. L- yeah. A little civil war there in Emory, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So how... How did you go? Okay, so you said you went into music college or college as a music major, thinking maybe I'll be a music teacher or something like that. How did you go from thinking that in terms of maybe a career path um, to getting to the point of starting a a brand new band? Or how many did you have multiple bands in college, or did you just go straight to Emory? Uh, we had uh, we had a couple of bands. Uh, Matt and I. And some other friends from from our high school, well, friends that we knew, we had a band that was kind of like a, almost like a radio rock kind of band. Mm-hmm. And then and then Toby and Joey, Toby had been writing some songs with Joey, and eventually Matt and I kind of joined in and and played with them. Um, and that was a little bit more on the side of what Joey liked, so it was more like the emo mm-hmm. kind of feel. Yeah. Right. So. We kind of played a little bit in both, and so we. I think Emory is kind of a mix of those two styles. It's kind of a, okay, you know, it's got poppy elements and rock that kind of elements, and then obviously a lot of emo, mm-hmm. screamo stuff. So yeah, yeah. So we played in a couple of those bands before we came together and started Emory. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so, what was the beginning of Emory like? How did how did you get started with that? Uh, so, so what happened was. Um, the band that Matt and I was in, we kind of broke up. Uh, it just wasn't really going anywhere. And so, uh, Matt, I mean, uh, Toby and Joey, they were still playing with these other two guys. And then I, so I started a kind of a, another band. It was, so it was me, Matt, and then these two other guys. So, so we kind of started this one and we played one show and the song, I wrote the song called the secret. It's on our first album. It's the last track on our first album. And I had written that song um, then, and Toby had already written some songs. Like he wrote, um, trying to think of any that he had written uh, that are still now. But but the songs he had written were very similar to the Emory style at that point. Mm-hmm. And so when I when we played that song at this little local show, me and Matt and a couple other guys, uh, Toby and Joey really liked it, and they thought, "Well, this is really cool. This is similar to what we're doing." And so. Um, the story goes that we got a call from Toby one night at our house, me and Matt, and they invited mm-hmm. us to go to this Mexican restaurant to eat. And so we went up and he, he made up some excuse. Like it was, they wanted to start an intramural softball team or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> something ridiculous. And so we were like, all right, whatever. So we went, 
to eat at this Mexican restaurant. And, uh, they said, that's when they said, they said, Hey, we want to start a band with you guys. We want to play together and we just want to move somewhere. And then we just kind of, me and Matt were like, okay. (laughs) And so like, didn't even think twice about it. Not really. I mean, it was like, well, I mean, we talked about it over dinner for for a little bit. It was not like, but pretty much right away, it was like Matt and I were like, well, yeah, I mean, we're willing to try. Yeah. You guys had no major objections to that idea. Not really. Uh, I mean, you know, we, the only discussion we had further than, than, you know, just kind of the details of what we were going to do was like, where are we going to, where we want to go? Like, yeah how far do we want to go or like which direction do we want, you know, like yeah. what do we want to do? And so we pretty much ruled out like LA and New York, like big, you know, the big places we were like, well, that's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Nashville is like country. So we're like, well, let's try Seattle. You know, that was all we really, that was the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that seems like a pretty simple way to narrow it down. Yeah. It can be, it can be a little tough to get by in like LA or New York. Just, oh yeah. It's, it's such a big, pond i guess and it's like yeah not even being a small fish in a big pond it's like being a tiny teeny little something and i exactly and we you know we were just some kids from south carolina it's not like we were you know we were scared we were intimidated by the idea Mm. um and we, we weren't like we were nervous and all that so but we took some time after we decided we still had a couple months to graduate Mm -hmm. and then when we had we said why don't we just take like the whole summer and work and save money and just make a plan and talk about it and everything. Yeah. But we said, yes. I mean, we, we started shortly after that, we started telling people we're moving to Seattle. So wow. it wasn't, it wasn't long. Uh, and our parents didn't like it. Of course they were, oh, they yeah. were very, <laughs> all the, all those freaked all out. Them yeah. liberals over there in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they just didn't know. It was like, we didn't either, but they were like, I mean, what are you going to, like, how's that even possible to move there? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, from a parent's then, point of view, I mean, like just up and in moving somewhere with no plan, no, no job lined up, no nothing. It's just like, wait, what? That doesn't it, sound yeah, good to your mom or your dad. No, it's not a traditional way of thinking. You know, it's, it's risky and it's hard and it might not work out. You know, things could fall oh, yeah. apart. It's a total gamble. Um, yeah. 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 So for them, it was like, well, you had a plan. You were going to go to school and then get a job doing what you're going to do. That was your plan. And now, you know, you paid all, you know, you did all this money, you, put, you took all these loans Yeah. and now, you know what I mean? So, I yeah. mean, the music obviously helped us through that. So, I mean, I'd credit my degree to some, you know, to some degree, but, sure. um, but yeah, I mean, it was just like, well, you're only young once, you know, let's try it and yeah. see what happens. How much more fun choice. The worst, exactly. Yeah. We just thought the worst thing that can happen is we take six months to a year nothing's happening We're it's just not panning out and we just come home. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, it's not like we're going to really lose a whole lot more than some, a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally get that more than, you know, I had, yeah. I had kind of a similar experience in my life. I didn't move somewhere for, to start a band, but I had some, some friends of mine. Uh, I'm from Indiana, um, kind of not too far from Chicago. And, uh, I had some friends from my church that were moving out to California and I was pretty close with them and they were kind of, uh, I don't know if mentor is the right word, but um, I just, I just respected them and looked up to them and 
had a pretty close connection with him and I decided to follow him out there. And so I kind of saved some money up over a summer and then went out there and didn't really have anything lined up and it didn't work out. It didn't work out and I came back, but yeah, I tried it. I tried it. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't think if we had done, if, if any of us had probably done it by ourselves, I don't think it would have, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that would have happened. So I could, people who move to LA or, or New York or somewhere else by themselves, you know, to pursue stuff that and ends up happening, you know, that's, that's pretty cool because it's, it's difficult. If, if there hadn't been like four of us, you know, really, really like all of us were giving basically everything we had, like financially, right. you know, uh, you know, our energy, our time, everything was like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we got to go all in. And so we pretty much, you know, just persuaded, we, we pretty much convinced ourselves like we can do this. It's just a matter as if we're going to do it or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We kind of, we, we pretty much knew that we could, that we were like, well, we, we're pretty sure our songs are good enough. We can do this. We just got to do it. You know what I mean? So that was kind of what we decided. Yeah. So then how did, how did you go from, so, okay. So you pack everything up, you go out to Seattle How'd you go from just being these nobodies to eventually you get to this point where you're signed and on a label and you're starting to actually sell some <clears throat> decent volume of records? Like, how do you go from one step to the next? I mean, that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a jump at all, really. I mean, it was uh, you know months and months and a couple years of just hashing it out. You know what I mean? Like we. Like I said, everything like seventy five percent. We we all got jobs, just like minimum wage paying jobs, and we said seventy five percent of our money is going into a band account. We're gonna give that. We're gonna use that money for practice space, for gear, for whatever we need. And so um, we practiced probably even with work. We probably practiced five days a week, and um, you know we started. We just continued to write songs. We've probably three to six months after we got there. We recorded a little EP that mm-hmm. sounds terrible, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we recorded that and we were like, well, we're just going to, once we start getting shows, we're just going to pass these out. And so we just started hounding venues about getting us shows. So we played shows. Um, I mean, it was, like I said, it wasn't like a jump. I mean, we got, yeah. we got fortunate and meeting the right people, uh, maybe at the right times or things, but it was, mo- I mean, it was probably a year and a half straight of really, really hard work until, until we even had a glimmer of hope. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was tough. Yeah. But it sounds like you were, you were, it wasn't just like it fell into your lap. Like you went out and got it. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Because you were working hard, you set yourself up to be ready for meeting the right person or that connected you to the right thing or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, when we started playing shows and we started getting better and writing better songs and all that stuff, people, you know, would take notice at shows and things like that. So we got more like kind of not, not local Seattle fans necessarily, but we played Tacoma a lot, um, just South of Seattle. And so we got kind of these punk scene type fans. And, um, and so we kind of built up a name there and then we got on this little college radio station out there called KGRG, which is kind of a big deal out there. Mm. Um, because there's been like bands in the past that, were played on that radio station before like Nirvana and stuff. Oh, wow. And so, cool. and so we, you know, I remember it's funny. Like we, we were, in, they had a battle of the bands every week on this, on this radio station. And so 
we were going to be one of the two bands in the battle of the bands this one week. And so we, we all went to our, our car and we turned on the radio. We were all like piled in this car and we listened to the battle of the bands on the radio as our, as the first time, you know, it was probably like I said, like eight months after we, six or eight months after we had gotten there and, um, we won the battle of the bands, but it didn't really mean anything. It just meant, you know, people liked your song better than the other song. That was the first like real exciting thing. But yeah, I mean, after, you know, set months and months of shows and things like that. I mean, we said, Oh yeah, tooth and Nail. we, we did, we didn't even know tooth and nail was there until we got there until after it was like, we didn't even go for that reason. We just found out they were there. And so it happened to be a pretty good fit, you know, to some degree. So eventually we met people who's like, Oh yeah, this guy works at tooth and nail mailroom. We sent, we mailed them demos. We talked, tried to talk to people. They didn't show any interest for a long time. Hmm. And then eventually, eventually we just said, well, we're going to have to record a better album. And, uh, mm-hmm. so we saved up our money and, uh, we recorded the week's end, our first album. We just did it ourselves. Well, we didn't record it ourselves, but we saved it up and we went to a guy. Right. In, named Meaning Edward, you did so. it without, you just said, screw it. We're not going to wait until some label puts up the money to help us do it. We're just going to go hire someone right. to help us make it. Hmm. Exactly. On, on our yeah. own. Yeah, exactly. So, and that obviously helped the labels take notice more. So we think that was the right decision for us, you know, at the time for sure. Yeah. So what was it, what was it like in terms of, uh, did you see a big jump in like just the size of the shows you were playing? Like after you were able to get on tooth and nail, were you getting bigger gigs or bigger crowd sizes? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we had only played local shows before we got on tooth and nail or we got associated with tooth and nail. So, and our shows were decent. You know, we'd have a a few hundred people like come to a local show sometimes, not everyone or anything like that. Right. But, um, and then our first tour, our first legitimate tour with tooth and nail was the tooth and nail tour. And it was the one that was supposed to be, uh, the band called further seems forever. And, and Amberlynn was on it and me without you. I love Amberlynn. Me too. Yeah. And then, um, I forget the, well, Tashiwa was a band and then we were the opening band. And we got kind of thrown on it because we were just got signed, just released our album, uh, the first album, and we were just the openers. But once we got on there, the response was was great, and so we started selling lots of merch. We start, you know, people started uh, in, really liking our band, and so that really put us on the map for shows. Mm-hmm. Was the was that? So yes, definitely. Once we got on the label and we got on good tours then that makes a world of difference. You get in front of a bunch of new fans, you know? Oh, for sure. Now, what was that adjustment like for you specifically? Uh, do you, did you ever feel like you got like any stage fright or any sort of anxiety, uh, just nervousness, anything like that? Or does it just feel real natural for you to get up there and, and you don't struggle with the nerves that much? Um, I mean, there's, there's always been a little nerves early on was probably more so just cause you're not quite as confident in what you're doing. You're still trying to yeah. figure it out and learn. Um, but yeah, ever since, you know, kind of started touring full time and all that stuff, it just kind of, sometimes you would have like a little, little something, you know, before, but as soon as you play, it's like, like you don't even think about it anymore. Mm. At least for me, it mm-hmm. like it disappears immediately. So it's not, that's never really been an issue. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And so then I'm going to fast forward quite a few years here. Sure. So you then you leave Emory and right. just kind of in a nutshell, if wh- why exactly did you decide it was time to leave? Was it just uh, too much 
too much life on the road. Just wanted to spend more time at home. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, it it was, yeah, it was no, nothing really negative about the band or relationships or anything like that. That was all great. Yeah, it was just, you know, we had been touring like full time, full time for, you know, close to 10 years at that point. And so, uh, you know, full time being like 250 days a year. I mean, it's, it's a lot. So yeah, that yeah, is, that it, is it, a lot. Yeah. It wears you down. Um, and being gone six weeks at a time, you know, you don't see your wife, you know, for a long time. And then my wife and I at that point said, you know, we want to start a family. I just, it, she, and my wife wasn't even, pre- it wasn't like a pressure thing, but we were kind of mutually said, you know, I just don't know if I can be away for that length of time from my new kit, new babies, you know? Yeah. So it's not really a great idea. No. So yeah, yeah I just, you know, I talked to, Toby, he, you know, we've kind of talked about this story to in some in in a few different scenarios before, but just kind of told him and you know, we talked about it and then I got in front of the rest of the guys and we talked about it and it was fine. I mean, every, everybody was bummed that I was leaving obviously, but nobody mm-hmm. was like mad or anything. It was just like, well, what are we going to, you know, we just got to figure out what we're doing now, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and yeah. so now now we come to the present and you're back at music again with your own solo record. And uh-huh. so what drove you to write the solo record? Why did you want to do that? Um, I just, I don't know. I've always been a fan of R and B music since I was, uh, since I was young. Uh, I just always liked really good vocals and, and, and all that stuff. So yeah, I had some songs years ago, even when I was in Emory, just from, you know, just playing on the side here and there and just writing stuff at home. And so I just kind of had those still and I wanted to, just kind of get them produced and, and put out. And so I just, you know, I've always, I always love writing music. And so yeah. I wasn't doing it in Emory. And so I was just kind of doing it on my own. And so I kind of collected these songs and, and just wanted to put them out. And so it kind of worked out. Was there, was there a moment when you made it like, is there a moment that you remember where you made a decision? I'm going to do a solo record or was it kind of like a realization? Like, oh, I've kind of had all these, different song ideas that I've had kind of laying around for a while. I may as well make a record out of This time you've taken me where I never thought I'd go Far from places and from faces that I know But I'll follow you no matter where you want to lead Cause I'm so lovesick and you are the remedy Well, I actually did a solo record shortly after I left the band too. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. Yeah, so I, I had released one, and I it, I just did it my like myself, and it wasn't like through any label or anything like that. Um, and it was more probably it was more like rock indie rock rock style, and that was more of like um, a concept record. Like I I wrote like a story throughout the album, so it was more right. of an intent. It was more of an intentional. <laughs> thing is like you know what i'm just gonna make this i really want to make this story in these songs and so then a few years later is when i kind of had this compilation of songs like you were saying uh this compilation of songs that i wanted to kind of put together and then put out so i kind of did both 
um, solo records in that in that regard. So. Does it is it does it exist anywhere lying around or is it just- yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's it's for I mean you can get it on uh, Spotify or iTunes and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it's a, yeah if you search if you search me I mm-hmm. think it, I think it should come up so gotcha yeah nice mm-hmm. I didn't even know about that so how about the uh, the writing process a little bit so I know a lot of these songs were kind of maybe things that you were already working on but how do you approach songwriting i mean do you um you know do, do you do you just come up with you know you're in front of the just a blank page you like to start on the uh on the guitar or maybe on the keys and uh what about like melodies and lyrics what comes first just maybe a little bit of insights into those things yeah i i usually start on guitar just because it's the easiest it's, it's you know easy to kind of noodle around and mm-hmm. just kind of come up with something mm. So I and I always come up with the music first. Usually, what um, what I'll do is just kind of play around with the progression or something, and then just kind of hum a melody or just sing, you know, nonsense words or whatever, just mm-hmm. over over something, and just kind of come up with a a melody that kind of sticks with me or or catches something something about it, kind of sticks in my mind. Um, so I'll either record it on my phone or I'll just kind of play with it a little bit. Um, there, there's sometimes where I feel a little stuck. Like if I'm just like trying to think of if I have a part or I'm trying to get past that and I'm just stuck, I'll, I'll move to a different instrument. Mm. I'll, you know, I'll sit down at the piano and kind of just mess around there because sometimes that'll get me out of the rut of yeah. what I'm thinking. That's a good way to get good, you like unstuck yeah. just to give your brain a different look. Yeah, exactly. If you think, you know, a lot of times just thinking from a different perspective because my hands will just naturally do certain things on the guitar oh yeah it's just just kind of a almost like a muscle memory type thing yes it's just something you're comfortable with um and so if if i find myself kind of boxed in right there i'll 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 either just put the guitar down and just think about it for a while or i'll sit down at the piano and yeah and just kind of mess around with some ideas so yeah for me lyrics always come later i'll fit them in so yeah Mm -hmm. I can relate to that. It's like it's almost when I'm having, you know, writing blocks. If I if I switch to an instrument that I'm less comfortable on, even something that exactly, I hardly yeah. ever play, it just really opens that up. So I can totally mm-hmm. relate to that, man. Yeah, totally. It works. Yeah, because yeah. at that point you're you're having to actually use your ears more and kind of just it forces you to think about it differently. Yeah. Because the yeah. the muscle yeah. memory component is just gone. It's out the window when you're not exactly. on what you're most familiar with. So I totally yeah. totally get that. Yeah. So, was there anything different about how you approached uh, sensation that you didn't do in Emory? I mean, I mean, there's the obvious, like the fact that you're kind of working by yourself and you're not having to fit things in in the context of like, well, what does Matt do here and what does Toby do here? You know, it's like it's your song, but I mean, right? Was there anything different about it, or was it? Um, I would say yes and no. I would say my writing process was was similar. Uh, em- Emory in general is probably a, 
is is much more in depth usually as far as like we would always have multiple parts in a song and right. uh you know we we would always have a particular um guitar melody or riff that kind of would flow through we would try and tie time signatures together and key signatures together so we would think about it a little bit more in depth about how to make the song um be more interesting uh, um and so with 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 sensation i just kind of wanted to keep it really simple um i i mean there's some parts in there that you could probably say are similar to emory or like the style of, or uh you know rhythm or or whatever um but overall i was like you know i just kind of want this to be pop, like a pop kind of feel yeah i don't really want it to be intricate i don't really want it to be uh overly produced or anything like that i just want it to be simple like a guitar bass drums you know vocals kind of thing maybe keyboards or whatever mm-hmm. um and just really just make it like kind of an old school kind of kind of simple feel back but to just the basics yeah yeah so um so yeah i approached it in that regard so that was that was definitely different than emory for sure Nice. So you were thinking to strip it back a little bit, not like bare bones, strip it back, but just more simplified. Just make it about yeah. the the hooks. More exactly. Than yes. Else. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love it. I love it. So how about the lyrics then? Do you, do you find that lyric writing is really hard? Is that the hardest part of all this process, or or does it come for easy me, for you? I think for me, it's the hardest part. Um, I think Toby. Uh, from Emory, I think he would. I think he would disagree because he's more of a probably a lyric, you know, a lyricist than me. He's a really great lyricist. So the songs that he writes, I think. I mean, he could probably, he could just probably, you know, shoot out some lyrics all day long. And I mean, you know, yeah, he seems like would, that type. I mean, like he, yeah, on, on Bad Christian, he just did his little worship song thing, and it, it's amazing yeah. just how quickly he can generate ideas <laughs> with lyrics. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's great at that. Like he he's kind of a kind of a song machine in that regard. There's plenty of them that he probably throws away and stuff that we don't keep. Whatever in regards to that, but um, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more of a. I, it takes me longer. I kind of work through the process a little bit more. Um, probably too much so sometimes, and so uh, a lot of times I'll just kind of have to once again just kind of take a step back and say, okay, just just write what comes to your mind just think about it you know and and don't worry you know yeah how it sounds right now and we'll kind of figure that out later but yeah lyrics are probably the heart music comes more naturally to me and toby's probably the other way around lyrics come more naturally than music so it's a little bit of both but yeah for me lyrics are harder what's your philosophy on lyric writing in terms of deciding <laughs> what what you want to write about do you try to make them personal, like about your own life, or you 
try to tell stories or create characters that are uh, metaphorical in some way, like they're representing something else or it's an allegory, like this character is really representing this or I mean, what's how do you decide what to write about and what devices to use? Like what's just your lyrical approach? It, it varies. Um, I would say I'm a little bit more of a storyteller in that they're not always personal. Um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take a personal, maybe idea or relationship or a story mm-hmm. and, and kind of, and kind of morph it a little bit into like, yeah, it's about my personal life or about something that happened to me or something I'm going through, but I'll just kind of, you know, I'll kind of, uh, you know, distort it a little bit to make it kind of a, a generalized mm-hmm. kind of yeah. version, a version of that story. Um, so I would say I do that probably most often. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have to really make myself really focus on, okay, I want this story to be about this, like this instance in my life or this person or this relationship. So I need to focus on what this was and what I want it to be. So I have to really make myself do that because a lot of times I'll just be like, if I'm, if I'm writing lyrics for a song, I'll just be singing a melody and then a line will kind of pop in my head that, that I like. And so sometimes I'll just kind of work around that line. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what is it? What can I make this line mean? Right. Yeah. So if and, you like the then, line that you right. just kind of think of, you you want to try to find a way to fit it in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I tend to do that more than just specifically saying, okay, this song is about this. Start here. You know what I mean? That That's a mm-hmm. little bit more difficult for me to do. Yeah. So do you, would you say that when you're listening to something, do you, do you like, do you gravitate more towards listening to the lyrics or, or more so towards the, the melodies and the hooks that the singer is singing or that an instrument is playing? What do you, what is, what do you go to first? I go to the music and the the hooks and stuff first Mm. for sure. Lyrics. I'll listen to the lyrics later. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can catch on to what they're saying or in general, you know, mm. when I hear the song, but uh, the music for sure, like, uh, it just, that's the first thing. Now, there's some bands 
that the lyrics are such a strong part of who they are and the music's not. You know what I'm saying? Like it's more of a yeah. singer, singer-songwriter type thing or... You know, there's a guy named David Bazan who's in Pedro the yeah. Lion. You know, mm-hmm. he's a, a an amazing lyricist, and so a lot of times it, the music's great, but a lot of times his his lyrics are so strong that's like, well, that's that's the that's main like driving thing it, yeah, right. That's driving all the music, so that's the first thing I would listen for. But in general, it would be the music for sure. Same, I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, same, yeah. totally same here. And in fact, I. Most people I ask that question to, I, I can't think of anybody that says that they go to the lyrics first. So I guess that just maybe like the, the human ear. I don't know. I, I've always made the argument, and maybe you can agree or disagree with this, but I've always made the argument that like for all of like the all-time classic songs that everyone knows, uh, that you can just tell them like, hey, hum this song, and immediately they start humming the hook. Uh, I always say, you know, what you remember about that song isn't that lyric that's in that hook. It's the melody that's being played or sung in that book. Like that's what you're really remembering, more right. so than the lyrics. Oh, totally. Yeah, you know I what think. I'm saying? I mean, I think that's the easiest thing to grab hold of first because you don't know the song and you you're trying to figure it out or learn it or whatever. Yeah. And so, but I think people just do that. But then I think there are the general population of people who the lyrics are more important to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they care more about what the song is about. Right. if it's good musically and I don't it's like I don't I don't care what the song is about you know what mm-hmm. I mean like yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean I, I want it to be good lyrics like I mean that makes the song obviously better if the lyrics are mm-hmm. crappy then I, it's like it takes away from the value of the song however if this whatever the topic is I I couldn't care less you know what I mean it's like well whatever yeah mm-hmm. I don't care but a lot of people fish for like oh what's this song about that's interesting why does he say this right. why does he say that yeah. what's the meaning and I don't of really it? think about that until far later if if ever yeah. like for me personally unless it's a, like a band that I'm a big fan of and I and I just can relate to what they're saying or something other than that right. I don't really think too much about it yeah. do you ever get into like uh being overthinking kind of territory or overanalyzing your own lyrics and saying like oh is is what I've written here? Does it does it connect? Does the does the chorus make sense with the bridge, or does this is this all making sense? Do you overthink that, or do you just kind of just let it be? Uh, I've definitely yeah, I've I've thought too much about that probably plenty of times. Um, sometimes you, you it's hard to connect them, or yeah. there's just something about each one that you're like, well, I really like how these feel or how they go, and I'll I'll mess around with lyrics and adjust things here and there but if they're if they're doable or like close enough i'll you know a lot of times i'll just be like well you can connect them however you want or not right. it doesn't you know what i mean like people are yeah. gonna take what they want from it so sure so much of it music is such a subjective experience like trying to right. spell it out for everybody every step of the way is just a, it's an impossible premise anyway yeah and i mean i appreciate lyrics that are a little bit more um you know more metaphorical in general yeah mm-hmm. yeah and like so more abstract I, yeah more abstract abstract thinking and so i would just prefer that anyway like i somebody just writing lyrics that are, are poetic and they they kind of mm-hmm. push you towards a thought or an idea but it's not really it doesn't have to be super cohesive necessarily mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean that to me is is just as good as as a standard lyrics, right. lyrical song. Like it may be I mean? leading you in a certain direction, but it's not going to spell it all out for you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. That's worth the asking. 
carry this without your hand in mine or the words you use to sing I want to sleep I just keep fading I carry this without the legs to stand or the strength to rise to my feet That yeah. way you can kind of attach your own meanings to it. It doesn't have to be so specific. Like if you're feeling something, and it's much more compatible to you. Instead of oh, yeah, yeah. So specific. Like, for instance, to me, an example would be the band Radiohead. Yeah. yeah. Which I was, a, I was a big fan of, you know. I, I mean, I still am, but I was a big fan in, in the 90s and, and early 2000s even. So, and, and that's the way Tom York is. I mean, he just, I've heard before that he just like kind of starts making vowel sounds, you know, for lyric. I don't know if this is true or not, but vowel sounds and just kind of making different shapes you know with his mouth to create yeah. these words and it, and they kind of turn into words and eventually they're just kind of words they're, they're not even like um, I don't like I said I, I don't know if this is totally true but I, I can tell that it's partially true just by the way he writes or, or the way it comes out right but it does it's, it's obviously his songs are not at all cohesive in that way and they're really abstract Oh, and very. so to me, it's like, well, that's really cool because it sounds really good with the music. It's very complimentary to what they're trying to do. And it doesn't really yeah. matter that I don't know what he's talking about here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, oh, yeah. at least. Yeah. Well, it may, the lyrics themselves, if you look at them in a vacuum, may not necessarily be cohesive. But right. within the context of what the music is with the genre that Radiohead is in or you know, just what their music sounds like and just the all the crazy stuff that's going on, like just the way that he sings and the kinds of lyrics that are in there, like it it all does fit together in kind of a cohesive right. package. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah. And it so it, it ends up kind of making sense in the end, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. It it makes total sense. And that's what I'm saying. To me, that's a that's a better uh representation of who Radio Hit Radiohead is rather than having real you know um story driven lyrics or whatever you know mm-hmm. so nowadays do you think of yourself as, as as more of a singer or a musician first like which i don't know if you had if someone were like what term would you use as a label if you had to uh, a songwriter a musician uh, a singer i guess or just I, really all I of guess, them yeah i mean i guess i would say singer just because I don't know, just because that's just what I'd, I've done most most in my life, I guess. Mm. But, mm. I mean, I would definitely say, I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, a lot of people just in the general population, um, they think it's so interesting that we actually write our own songs. You know, it's like, because most, most people in just in, the, in your local community or in your city you live in, if you're in a band, you're in a local band or you're in a cover band. Exactly. Right? So, so they just, it's funny because I'll talk to people and they just don't understand that. They're like, oh, so you, so are all the songs on your album, like you wrote all those? Or They're is it all like original? a couple of them? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're just <laughs> a bunch of, so I guess in that regards, I mean, I'm, I would consider myself self a songwriter mm. um, because I've written yeah. a lot of songs. Um, so a little bit of all of it, but I would say probably 
lean a little bit more towards a singer aspect, I guess. So that's probably your favorite part of being a musician is, is singing, would you say? I, well, no, I, I would say it'd be a good balance between singing and songwriting. Okay. Music. I'm, you know, I'm fine with being a musician. I'm a decent musician. I can play lots of things, but I'm not like a master of any of them, and yeah. I, I never really have claimed to be. You're like um, a Swiss Army knife, right? Right. For music. So, yeah. So, I mean, Matt's an excellent guitar player, um, and and I'm a, I'm an, and I'm a decent guitar player, and that's fine. And a part of me, I've I've relied a little bit too much on natural ability. In my life, mm -hmm. I, I can be pretty lazy and get by really well. Hmm. Um, I don't really have to work too hard at being pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's one thing that I've kind of, I haven't, I haven't pushed myself in my life to get really great at, at anything. Singing's kind of comes naturally and mm -hmm. I studied it a lot. And so I got the best at that. Mm -hmm. um, at, but playing guitar or playing any instrument at all. I had enough natural ability to figure it out that that I was like, you know what, I can get by just fine. Mm -hmm. And and the so more experience just, I've had, yeah, you had I enough mean, natural God-given talent to just kind of go off of that. Right, and, and I mean, obviously, I've played a lot, so you naturally get yeah. better. So it develops into a skill as well. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not one of those guys who sits at home and plays guitar for three hours a day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, a lot. I mean, there are guys who do that, and they are great musicians. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're unbelievable. But then there's also the aspect of being a musician that yeah. you have you have the mind for it. Like you have mm -hmm. you understand what music is supposed to sound like or how it should go together, rather than just playing your notes right. right. Yeah, the you thing know what is, I mean. The thing is about the guy who sits and practices for hours and hours a day. He'll be a great guitar player, but right. he's, he's going to be a specialist. You know, exactly. Yeah. So he's he he may not have what you have with the balance of being able to write a song and kind of in your mind already start thinking about different kinds of parts and like, what's this yeah. beat going to be here? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I would rather, I would rather have like a drummer who just plays, you know, a standard, but does it perfectly mm -hmm. like the whole mm -hmm. song and never does a roll. than I would a guy who's trying to overdo every single yeah. thing because, but because he can, yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? I would rather have a guy who knows what he's doing and does it really well rather than trying yeah. to, over overcompensate you know what i mean absolutely anyway. absolutely yeah so how about on the new record sensation for uh for the for the instrument side of it so i you did all the vocals and i i remember hearing you on uh you were on matt's podcast break it down and i i remember you said uh that you you actually didn't do any of the instruments on the record nope i did zero so you had well, so what was that like i mean did you I, I mean i know you just said you kind of think of yourself as a singer first but I'm sure you had to feel at least a little something that was kind of weird about relinquishing 100% control of the instrument playing. I just don't know how my heart can handle this when you say the words I do. You've got a way that I just can't explain and I'll spend my life spellbound by
Is that true, or were you happy to do it? I was happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was very happy to do it. Like it's funny because you know we've been a, we've been a band for a long time, and so I would say early on in our careers that would have been a bigger deal. You know what I'm saying? Like I think yeah, early on in my career I would have had more pride about yeah. like, uh, or you know I would have wanted to to play something because I thought I'm supposed to or I need to. Or do you feel uh, like to- early on? you would feel like that because you'd want to you'd have like this drive to prove yourself and you yeah. just don't you just don't yeah. have that anymore like i don't need to prove anything right right I, I all of us in the band like we don't we're not um we know you know that we can do what we need to do and we know we can do it well um and i mean i could have played all the parts on my on my album i could have figured that out i could have done all that stuff it would have taken yeah. me a long time mm-hmm. well first of all because i'm not a great like producer record engineer but secondly because i you know i'll be able to come up like a lot of the parts i came up with and i would just mess around noodle them on the the demo or something but chris Mm -hmm. the guy who did it yeah he's a much better guitar player he's a much (laughs) better bass player than me he's a much better musician in that regard than me yeah so i i don't have a problem i'm not defensive anymore about all that stuff and i mean that kind of fell away several years ago it's just like you know what i I don't need to be the one to do this. I wrote the song. It is what it is. And now I'll, I'll let somebody else play it. Who's better than me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that, I, I, think understand that's that. I think that's a really good quality actually, because it's look at, look at how much quicker it got done. And, and just like, you're really able to capitalize on everybody's strengths when you just t- put that pride aside of like, I have to be the one who does everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I have yeah. to be the one who's putting my stamp on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And so it's it's like yeah, a film director, you know. He he's not pushing, you know, stop and recording the cameras. You know, it's his idea, but he's got people to, to film it for him. I yeah. think it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. still your idea. Doing the nuts and bolts work. Yeah, you know, right. It, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't take away from the fact that you're the mastermind of the songs. Right. Not to me, at least. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe to somebody, but it doesn't bother me if someone takes it that wrong. way. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yes. But I never, it's not like I ever relinquished control and said, all right, do whatever you want. It was like, mm-hmm. we were in constant communication about like, yeah. I would say, let's try this on the chorus, see what you come up with here. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And he would send me ideas and I would either approve them or, or not and say, oh, I mean, that's perfect. You know, most honestly, I was really lucky because most of the stuff he sent me first time was like, man, that's, that's, that's right great. on what I was, that's right what I was thinking. And so um, it was great in that regard, and and it made it it was all really easy on me. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it really took a load off of you. Yeah, to for have, sure, it was great help. So, but yep. you 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 did at least start with just kind of basic ideas for parts, just to hand him something oh, yeah. as a base material, right? Oh yeah, the and songs were written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the songs were written. They were demoed. I mean, the the chords were there. Mm-hmm. Some many of the parts were there. You know, everything was there. It's just like I, I want him to take this little creation that I have and, mm-hmm. and just kind of make it better looking. Yeah. You made the you skeleton, I mean? and then right. you handed it to him to start putting the flesh on it. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Hmm. Yep. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I I think it's great that you. I, there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't want to let that go. Like that would really hurt their ego to say, no, no, I can't. 
I can't let someone else do everything. Maybe I'll get someone yeah. to do the drums because I'm not a great drummer, but I'm not letting anyone touch the guitar. That's my <laughs> that's my territory. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's, but that's, that's that's true for I sure. I think it was. Um, I I think this was a quote from uh, President Harry Truman. He said, "It's amazing what you can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit." And I think and I I yeah. think he said that. And I, I actually think that's yeah. really insightful because it just like so much more can get done if everyone just says, "Look." who cares if I do this or you do that or whatever, like, let's just everybody put, let's assign everybody to where the strengths are and we'll just go so much further, so much quicker. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's, a, that's a great quote. Cause I mean, that's the thing too. Like with just the way that Emory works now, uh, with, with me being in it and, uh, and helping out with the guys and, and stuff like that is like, um, you know, it's kind of our mentality now is like, you know what, we're all in this together. We're just trying to make, stuff better, more successful, do the best we can. So let's don't worry about who's who. Let's just do it together and figure it out. And that's just kind of, it's better. I mean, you know what I mean? It, like you said, mm-hmm. you make much more progress and, and you don't slow each other down by worrying about who's getting most of the credit for stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I agree totally. Yeah. Well, uh, this, this is actually flown by, it just feels like time has gone by fast, but this is pretty much my last question. Uh, cool. something I close out with for uh, just give this opportunity for the guest to, to give some advice. So what would you say to someone who's, who's out there listening, who maybe is interested in whether it be being in a band or just being a songwriter? Uh, what, what kind of advice would you give to someone that's trying to, imp- who's in a similar craft as you and wants to just take a step forward to improve upon what they're doing? Well, I would just say, you know, it's, it's not easy, you know, it's not like it's, it's, it's not an easy road or anything, but, um, there's some easy steps you can take to get closer to your goal. And I mean that, you know, if you just, if you just devote time and effort and you are willing to sacrifice some other things in your life, um, then I think you, you have a good chance to make it. I think, you know, hard work, can can substitute for uh, you know um a lack of other things you know what i mean Absolutely. hard work can kind of yeah. can kind of fill in the gaps for maybe if you don't feel like you're the best singer in the world or maybe you don't feel like you're writing the absolute best songs or maybe you guys aren't tight enough as a band whatever the case might be if you work hard and and really just keep keep at it i mean that can make a world of difference um you know to a lot of people so i would just say you know if you're not willing to to put some other stuff aside, then then that might not be worth it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it takes it takes a, a lot of effort and a lot of time to really devote to. And things are so different now than they were, you know, 15, 16 years ago when we when we started. So nowadays, you know, yeah, everybody. If, if you were starting yeah, over again today, things would look a lot different, right? It really would. Yeah. I, I don't. It's hard to even imagine what it would be like. I guess. Um, with, I mean, cause when we started the internet was no, not everybody had the internet. So it was only like, you know, schools had the internet. Wow. Like, yeah. like we, we would check our email at call at, at college. Yeah. And I think Matt got a laptop when we were probably juniors in college and we were like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, you can like, you can send like an email. 
on this thing. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it was. And so there was no real way to, to build your band online. It was just like, well, you just gotta send people letters and yeah. go to the place to talk to them. So and send them CDs and send them CDs. Yeah. To so people in person. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we had this, this printouts of all these, uh, venues throughout the U S. Um, and so I had to call manually go through and call all these venues that we, if we ever wanted to play a show in a different location. So, mm, uh, wow. and it's, so it's just a lot different now, you know, you can't send, I mean, you know, now you can just kind of hit them up with a text or an email and say, Hey, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, that's not like a better or worse thing, you know, today could be better in a lot of ways because of the easy access to, to everything and, and new bands and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's just different. So best of luck to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, is there uh you thinking about doing another record in the future? Is that something in the in the cards or is that uh not really a thought yet just since this uh sensation is out now and yeah, you yeah. Got I mean, out of your system. I think I would do another one. Um I mean I'm I'm not gonna stop writing music on my own or anything, but um maybe I mean, like I said, the the music industry changes so much that maybe it, it's just, I don't know how long people are going to just buy full albums. I just don't know how that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. In the future of it, it might just be release one song every couple months or something, you know, just to kind of mm-hmm. keep things alive. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm, do you, do you still buy full records or do you just, are you more of like, I see me, I don't even, I have to be honest. I don't even really buy music that much anymore since there's, spotify you know right, like i just right. i know just stream i, <clears throat> I still like yeah, listening I, to full albums but i'm very much a streamer type person. yeah I, I like i usually listen to a full album like if i hear of a new band or or a, a band i like releases a new album i'll listen to the yeah. whole, whole album but yeah. i don't usually i don't usually buy it unless i really like it right and then i'm like oh yeah i'll definitely buy this but yeah i, I mean with spotify and apple music i mean it's like well you can listen to it before you decide mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah. that's just the way of the world now, you know. For sure, yeah, things have really changed. But uh, well, yeah, that's all. That's all I got for. Unless you got anything else, Nick? That you were I think we. About? That's that's it. Yep. It's nice. Great to have you on the cool. show, man. Devin, awesome. thanks so yeah. much, man, for giving us some of your time. And by the way, congratulations on uh, on hitting your crowdfunding goals with Emery and on this yeah. next yeah. full length album that you guys are going to make. That's really cool and really exciting. Thanks, and, man. Uh, I appreciate looking that. Forward to it. Honestly, it's it. it it really gives me uh it just it makes my heart feel good just to see like you guys being on your own and independent and seeing just massive support for what you're doing like yeah. to see it happen so fast i i know you guys hit your goal like very quickly and it's, to see that is just like wow there's this is really cool like people you can do something yeah. on your own and people will get behind it like i just thought that was really cool yeah it's yeah. pretty amazing uh, like i said we didn't really know what to expect i mean we knew we would have some support but yeah just the amount of support was was pretty overwhelming for yeah. sure so it had to be just, encouraging yeah it's like oh okay well i guess you guys do want us to make more music so yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah it was great yeah if you guys ever uh hit up chicago man i'd love to come out and see you guys play i think that'd be really fun yeah yeah we'll be there for sure awesome. yeah. sounds good sounds good all right man well, we won't take up any more of your time. And uh, thanks again for coming on and, and talking to us a little bit about music and uh, and sensation. Uh, everybody, go out and look up Devin Shelton's record, Sensation. Like it's it's really just smooth as silk, man. Those 
silky smooth vocals. I love them. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> so, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. All right, you too, guys. Uh, Thank right. you. Thanks, right. Devin. Thanks a Have lot, a good Devin. One. We'll talk to you later. See you guys. Man. Thanks. All See right. you, man. All right, later. All right, bye. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Who's listening to this show right now? I bet there's a good chance you aren't following us on social media. Let's fix that. Look up Every Last Drop Podcast on Facebook and like our page. Find us on Twitter at ELD Podcast. And find us on Instagram under the same name at ELD Podcast. So won't you do me a kindness and follow us? Do it now! Okay. Devin Shelton. Thank you, Devin. Yes, thank you very much, Devin. That was, like I said, that was good. I enjoyed that. Loved having you on the show, man. Yeah, it was honestly it was an honor to have someone from Emory on on my podcast. I never, yeah. I never thought that would happen. Yeah, but just that you made that he made himself available. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this, Devin, thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. that. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. And um, I just, I, I love hearing all of these individual artists. You know, Devin, his story. You know, why, what drew him to music in general, his writing process. I just love how they all have a different. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all. It's all different, but it, it sort of has that same, the same process. You know, they, they, yeah, they listen I found, to some, I've know. noticed that everybody there's, I've noticed as we talk to more and more people, there is a thread that's common yeah. that runs through yeah. just about everybody we talk to. Kind of along the lines of, we only had radio at the time. We, we, we only listened to this. We possibly were even only allowed to listen to this. And then we heard this bit and then that's what sparked it all. And that's. I just think I just love hearing the stories. Yeah, you know. Do you think us as millennials, like, are we the kids of the internet age, or is that more so the generation after us? I think the so generation like I, after us. Yeah, we. It kind of, you know, the, the uprising of the internet. I was probably what like, I mean, we had dial-up internet when I was right. Like, like 10. we're still old enough to to remember the times when like the internet was barely like not even close to what it is yes. now like yes. i'm old enough to remember what a floppy disk was. oh yeah dude and like yeah. having a like an old tower computer yeah. that was like a dell and yeah. you know uh, like windows i remember yeah. when like windows me millennium edition was dude. the big oh, yeah. thing i remember that and uh yeah just projection i, I even remember like some <laughs> I, I cassette tapes were still around when i was yeah. pretty young oh yeah so like we're still old enough to have had contact with all those things yeah like we remember the days before iPhones Dude, and I, tablets and yes. like just more advanced laptops and higher powered computers and fast internet. Like yeah. all that tech has been developed as we have gotten older and it and, wasn't and there so, when we were little kids. I'm so thankful for the fact that it wasn't huge. Technology wasn't booming per se when I was, you know, eight. Right. I wouldn't want to so grow glad. up with it. I, I, I would not want to grow up with it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and like imagine a kid now uh, who's, let's say, maybe born in like the late 90s or I can think of like my cousin, say, um, who, so my dad's nephews. Yeah. They, one of them was born on 9-11, like the day that the terrorist attack happened. <laughs> born on that day. Happy birthday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but my point is, he was born post 2000. Yeah. So he's grown up in a time where like 
He was born with a screen a, in his hand. Pretty <laughs> much. Especially like, think about kids that were like born in even like 2005 and up. Dude, yeah. So where they're yeah. only like 12 and 13 year olds now. Like they, they don't even know what it was like to live life without some yeah. sort of device. Yeah. A yeah. smartphone or a, like. Yeah. And I, man, I just feel like I, my childhood would have been robbed if I would have Dude, had all I, that stuff because I, I totally never agree. I, there were so many times when I was just hanging out with my neighbor who lived three doors down from me on the cul-de-sac I live on and we would just during the summer we'd just go out and like ride bikes all day yes. swim in the pool play basketball and just be physically active and yeah. just just go all about town <laughs> and uh, man I just feel like that stuff wouldn't happen now like you really if you're if you're a parent in this modern age, like you have to like push your kids to make that Dude, stuff happen. No kidding. I, I remember being in like third grade, something like maybe third or fourth grade and getting my first Game Boy. It was a Game Boy Color. My cousin had one. She came and visited from Florida. Uh, yeah, Game Boy Color, man. Yes. Wow. And then I saw it. I was like, whoa, what is that? So I, you know, finally got one maybe a year later and my, my mom was even a little uncomfortable about myself and, and my brother right. playing with it. She was like, so uh, you can imagine like nowadays mm -hmm. yeah my, my parents didn't they they were uncomfortable with me playing a lot of video games like they preferred for me to do things like read books or yeah be outside, be outside. yeah yeah which i totally agree yeah i know now i'm like why would i why would i have ever wanted video games mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. <laughs> over the other stuff yeah like i don't even know why but yeah and, and as a yeah. kid like you know there's nothing wrong with playing video games but i feel like as a kid you're you're very impressionable and it's easy for you to get you know addicted to it at a young age. Oh, so I yes. think that you have to have got to be old enough to have some responsibility, I guess. Yeah, and, some... and I I think I was at the threshold. Like I think I was just old enough to not let it be something that completely dominated me. Yeah. But that yeah. being said, in high school, man, I used to play like me and my neighbor during the winter. So in the summer we'd hang out and we'd do all that stuff that I said, but yeah, in the yeah. winter when the weather just sucks. Well then you, you know, do anything. You know? Yeah. Well, what we would, what we <laughs> do well. is I'd, I'd go down to his house and we'd be in his room and we would just play PlayStation two and GTA in, right? in particular yes. Gr Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, <laughs> which is to me still the best video game of Dude. all time. They're the best video game I've ever played. Yeah. I love that game. Yeah. And, the, and the thing is like the, the amount of just, shocking terrible inappropriate things that you can do in that game uh i don't know like i always wonder like is this influencing me in a weird way but i it, i actually tend to think like it it didn't no it's, it didn't no and i know like parent you know like people always fear monger and say don't let your kids yeah listen to this mm. or do this because then they're gonna turn into whatever Especially if you come from, you know, kind of fundamentalist mm -hmm. type background, mm -hmm. always wanting to shelter the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, my parents didn't know I was playing this. Yeah. And, and they would not have liked <laughs> me playing this. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, it would have been a no-no. I just, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who do let that go to their head and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm killing somebody in a video game, so can I? You're always going to have a few of those people, but I feel like you and me and, and probably the majority of, of, of people, they have an ability to... Uh, separate, you know, fiction from reality. Like, for example, if I if I'm watching a movie and somebody gets shot or stabbed or killed, it's like, you know, 
I have yeah. become very desensitized uh, to, I'm, to yeah, violence. I'm, I'm desensitized but, to the violence, but, but in I, real life, if I see it in real life, like like oh, it ruins my week. I'm like, I can't believe I saw that. That's yeah. horrible. If you were to see someone get stabbed in yeah. real life or shot, yeah, like if I drive that past, would be, that would be terrible. Yeah, I drive past a terrible accident on the highway. It's like, oh my God. it's all I can think about seeing that in my mind. But if it's in a right. movie, like it's it's a movie, I have yeah, the ability to. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, it's an interesting topic to like. Yeah. To what extent do movies and music and just stuff that you consume and spend time with? To what extent does it really influence you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you? I don't know. I mean, I think, like I said, like I never, like I played the game just for fun. Yeah. yeah. And we had we had played the game so much where so it actually the game actually does keep uh, track of stats. Um, and there's like in the menu, there's a, a, a section called crimes committed or something. Mm-hmm. And the, the stat for like how many people you've killed is called people you've wasted. <laughs> and we had gotten as high as about, I think 130,000, <laughs> which takes a long, long, long time to get. I mean, think about that. That is like, that's, that is enough people to fill a mid-sized city. Yeah, like a a city of decent size. That's like killing Davenport, Iowa, for example. Just think about that. Or uh, what what would be a maybe Gary, Indiana? Think like if Something someone like just that, killed yeah. the entire population of Gary, Indiana. Yeah, so we played it a lot. Oh man, I'm confessing this on air, dude. <laughs> it's okay. Fun. It's all fun and games until somebody gets killed, which a uh, hundred some apparent- thousand people got. Killed. Yep, <laughs> and then it's still just a game. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Moving on. We're going to do some picks. Yeah. Let's hit this. Okay, cool. you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, I think my pick of the week is uh, this YouTube channel called Exploring with Josh. It's this kid from, I think, from Iowa. He's like in his 20s. And he just goes around to different places around the world filming him exploring them. Like a lot of a lot of the uh, the videos, he goes to places that were seen in movies like there's the movie uh, as above so below about the catacombs in paris uh which was a good movie it was a good horror movie and he uh, after seeing that was like you know he, he grabs his friends he's like let's go film let's go explore this same place so he goes there and explores it and it's just maybe 20 minute videos of him just exploring different places around the world and it's just really fun to watch you know you see a lot of beautiful scenery and you kind of relive if if the film uh, pertains to it you kind of remember watching you know, oh they, they were there in the good film production and, yeah very well done mm-hmm. kind of a pov you know he's got the camera he's got a gopro on his head and he's oh. just going to different rooms and uh, is the so, whole thing that way or is it just mixed in some of that um, is and some of it isn't he starts the videos with like a camera on his table uh, on a tripod or something like that and he just kind of explains where he's going and then it's just all uh gopro all you know like uh found footage nice style so it's good exploring with josh check out his youtube channel that he's is not, cool he's not paying me to say this by the way yeah so you're welcome josh no, yeah no, yeah <laughs> yeah a really big youtuber just plugged you man so. yeah <laughs> yeah not like that he's but. got two mil dude oh oh okay. yeah oh yeah so yeah so it's like i'm donating money to uh, mcdonald's or something <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yep giving money to apple yeah <laughs> not <Donation>. for charity <laughs> just for, for apple yeah. uh-huh uh-huh. So yeah, exploring with Josh is pretty cool. YouTube channel, check it out. Man, I just love stuff like that. Like it shows you that 
you give somebody a camera or a microphone and it's just the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And his, his YouTube channel, um, is funding all of this too. 2000 with 2 million uh, subscribers. Like you're set. So it pays for itself, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So my pick this time, um, this may, may go against the rules. <laughs> what rules? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. What am I saying? Okay. I, I've, I debated whether or not I should do this, but you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Uh, my pick for the week is going to be my own thing. <laughs> Something I did. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love it. But I'm proud of it. You know, th- this, this documentary that you and me did together really but mm-hmm. it's it's about me and you know what i after w- sitting down and watching it from start to finish uh it it came across a little bit more narcissistic than i thought it would but it was the first time you did something like that so i, yeah. I understand that you you might feel that way but you know it's good yeah to- just because it's like there's only a few little scenes where you are in it and the rest of it is just like the camera's on me the whole time in one way or another that's why i felt almost a little self-conscious about it but my documentary that documents the story of me moving from indiana to california in the summer yeah. of 2015 uh it's it's called Moving to California, A Young Man's Journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm proud of it. It's a very DIY uh, indie film, but I I enjoyed it. Like I actually was like, oh, this is this is cool. I'm glad I did this. We almost got Hans Zimmer to score this film. <laughs> uh we were pretty close. <laughs> we were like He got the flu and you know. Yeah. Like if we would have had an, like four hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine more dollars, yeah. then you know yeah. we were almost there. But maybe yeah. we should have done a Kickstarter to raise the money <laughs> <laughs> next time. Yeah, yeah, next time. So yeah, dude, I love your film, man. Thank you, thank you. And by the, I'm sure by the time this is out, that the, the film is going to be released. It'll be on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook. And I would just really love it if you guys um, go check it out. And uh, again, not not to be too much into the shameless plug type thing, but uh, that one of the perks available to you if you choose to support the show as a patron or as a club member signing up through our website uh, is you'll have access to this documentary. Uh, you'll be able to download it. Yeah, you know, so and, and you'll be able to basically own it uh, as and and I know what you're thinking, like, oh well, why would I? want that if i can just stream it on youtube or facebook or whatever well if that's what you're really thinking then it's kind of besides the point because the whole idea is to support us and we want to give you something in return but secondly uh the thing is you're not always going to have access to the internet exactly what if you're on a road trip and you don't want to you know stream it and waste all your data you know right what if you don't want to waste all your data and you're on a road trip or you're driving through remote areas that you Mm -hmm. don't get that reception or you're out in some national park for a weekend or something yeah what if you're in yosemite or uh, yeah in the middle of nevada you know right exactly you know so or, or you know the power goes out at home and you want to grab the kids you know yeah sit down and watch a good film put it on the ipad mm-hmm. that <laughs> still has some battery left yeah, yeah. Uh, 
these scenarios are getting dumber and dumber. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the point is there, there, there's some usefulness in having it as something that you can download and own. So, um, yeah, check that's, it out. that's my pick moving to California, a young man's journey. Next pick. Exploring uh, with Josh. Exploring with YouTube Josh, channel. a very cool YouTuber. Uh, very cool. Hope you enjoyed Devin Shelton. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us again until next time guys. See ya.